Hello, everybody. It's Cindy Novotny and back with my podcast on my secrets to stamina. So for those of you that have been listening, for those of you that are new, I am the one that defines what balance is for your life. I'm going to share with you how you live the life you want. I am the first and foremost radical mentor. I am the person that helps you look at life without balance and really understand that that's okay and have the stamina to do it all. I'm the one that's going to help you feel good about enjoying the person you are so you can achieve success. So today I am thrilled. I have with me a really good longtime friend. I worked with her forever, Debbie Kurtz. She is excited to share her methodology that she uses with travel entrepreneurs and all the unique ideas that she truly has to create raving fans that follow her along the world of travel. You know, Debbie has worked for, well, you worked for Delta for about 30 years, uh, started in reservations. Then she worked, I've known her since she's been in the hospitality industry for a long time, but she now has her own travel agency and working in conjunction with Valerie Wilson Travel. Napa's her happy place, and I'm thrilled to welcome you. So hello, Debbie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy. I'm humbled and honored to be on this podcast with you today. You are such an icon in our industry and congratulations on the Mel Hasaski award that you received with the IACC. Couldn't go to a better person. Thank you so much for being such an inspiration in our, our industry. Uh, well, thank you. I mean, that's great. I was, I was actually shocked and speechless. No one could believe I was speechless. <laughs> so I want to take some time now. And for all of our listeners that uh, whether you're in travel, because I know many of you are, or you're thinking about getting into travel, or you're a traveler, uh, I'd lo- love to talk about how you actually got started as a travel advisor at, at a very young age. And now <laughs> you've come full circle as a travel advisor. So take some time and share that. I have, oh my gosh, I think, you know, from from when I was born, I've been in the travel industry. My parents worked for the airlines and met at, at TWA in St. Louis and opened a travel agency. And then I was a kid stamping brochures. So um, that was the beginning of my travel career. When I finished high school in Northern California, I my mom sent me to airline ticketing school with United. And then through her connections and her travel agency, um, I got into Delta Airlines in reservations and had a 30-year career and did multiple different roles within Delta and just an incredible company to work for, great routes, great training. And then after 30 years, I ventured into the hotel industry, doing meetings and events. And that's when I met you. And, And then... After that, I thought, you know, I want to do my own thing. Um, I have been to 36 countries, five continents. I mean, travel is such in my DNA that I just, I really want to share my passion with my clients and anyone that I can have them listen to my spiels about, about my travel experiences. 
Yes. Well, it's, you know, I think back when you said ticketing school, you know, for United, when I was young, there was two things I used to look at in the back of magazines. One was, well, three things. I got to go three. One was Oneida Spoons always had these things where you could send in. It was for people getting married, you know, so you could get a spoon and see which one you wanted. I must have collected, you know, 50 spoons, which to this day, then spoon rings became popular and I'd have them melted down. The other one was going to the Poconos to those heart-shaped bathtubs. I said, I'm always going to have my honeymoon in one of those heart-shaped bathtubs. And (laughs) believe it or not, I just made it to the Poconos for the first time, literally two months ago. Didn't make the heart-shaped bathtub and was working, but how fun. But the third thing was the travel agency schools that were always in the back of those good housekeeping magazines, you know, some of the women magazines that my mom would read. And I would think, oh my gosh. And I really traveled just, you know, among the Midwest with my family. So I, I, I can see you going to to ticketing school and and working with United and then going on to Delta. That's that's incredible. Now, thinking of that, because you're a travel guru like me, and I I added up just while I was in Dubai this last week, I I counted how many countries I've been to. I pulled up all the countries in the world alphabetically, and I've been to 54 countries in the world which is pretty amazing. I was like blown away. And then there were a few I thought were countries that weren't countries. They were, you know, part of the UK or something, you know, like Turks and Caicos, things like that. Right. What are some of your best travel tips that you are telling your clients right now? uh, Because people are getting back traveling, but what are some tips that you're telling right now? Well, I think for me, I like traveling like a local. Um, You know, I want to be immersed in the culture and the experiences that, that are available in the country. I mean, that's why you're going. I don't want to have that cookie cutter experience of staying in a hotel that is pretty similar that I can stay to or stay in here in the United States. So I look for those unique experiences. Um, I've been very fortunate because um, my husband taught an international program at NYU. So usually when we go to these international destinations, we're hosted and he's either at a conference or we're going to a wedding. So I really get immersed in the in the local culture. Of course, not everybody can do that, but I think that you know that those are the things that I look for in planning a trip for a client. I act like I want to go with them. <laughs> and I think that's the best. The to me, everybody, whether you're a luxury traveler and have a lot of money, or you are a just like I traveled, you know, as a normal person, I want to go where the locals go. And I think that's the that is what the value of a travel advisor is because a travel advisor is going to say to you, look, you know, the concierge is great. And I believe in concierge, but I believe that sometimes they might just send you to the path of least resistance and a great travel advisor says, no, I know that destination. This is where you need to go. This is where you have to book a dinner here. You got to have a breakfast here. And even if you don't know that destination or things have changed, in your world and your group, you have the ability to talk to somebody who has been to one of those places, which is, which is great. And I think, yeah, that that is so true. Um, Cindy, I think for me, um, you know, if I don't know a destination, I reach out to the local DMC or to the tourist board. And I find out all about that destination, maybe what's going on, something unique, um, festivals, um, any of any of the the experiences that they can have during the the time that they're there. So, um, and I'll give you an example. Like for instance, Santorini, Greece is so popular. Um, it's one of the top like over tourist uh, locations, and I've been there twice. Um, 
And basically, you know, I am not on a cruise ship. I'm not one of the people that gets, you know, offboarded and then it then hits the cities of Ia and Fira. Um, but I did work with the local people to find out when the cruise ships were in so that I would avoid those big towns and maybe go to the Black Beach that day or to go wine tasting. It's kind of knowing how to maneuver the crowds in places that have the high tourism like Santorini or Venice. Um, it, it really makes a difference. And Right. And I think I think to that point, that's itinerary planning. And I think I tell everyone this. I tell you know, all my hotel um, you know, clients, this and salespeople, the, the person that is the best to work with you is someone who can plan an, an incredible itinerary, whether you're going to Hawaii or you're going to Mexico or you're going to Park City, Utah. It doesn't matter. You have to have somebody that says when you land, we're going to have your transportation set up. And then what we're going to do is we're going to take it from there to to after transportation is set up and you're going to have your first dinner in this restaurant, then you're going to have, you know, I've got cocktails booked for you. Some people don't even think about, I want to make sure I have cocktails on that balcony to have that drink during sunset. Well, you and I both know that when you get to that place, if you haven't booked those tables and you didn't know you were supposed to book those tables there, everybody's already down there waiting for sunset, right? And, and I think that is again, what's so vital about what a travel advisor does. Now, one other tip I want you to share are secret places for families or girls trips or couples getaway. Well, you know, um, going back to your point, like for instance, like the sunset in Ia, you know, that's, there's so there's limited places. So that's a, that was a really good point as far as like you know, I, I think the world is is huge. Um, any of those, any place that you can go as a family or, you know, a girl's trip or, you know, even just a, a romantic getaway. I think it's just kind of knowing your customer and what their likes and desires are and then kind of curating it. Of course, their budget too, um, you know, what, what they have in their budget to you know, where they want to travel, what are their likes? It's, it's really asking a lot of questions. And that's one thing that um, I know from your training with Master Connection that, you know, you really have to query the client and listen to what right. they want. Correct. And then you take your experiences and then curate their trip for their needs. So and I think that anywhere people always ask me that question, which is why I wanted to ask you and you kind of answered it the way I think anywhere you can take kids. This is where people go, well, you don't have to go to a theme park. And, you know, I took my daughter on the road. I pulled her out of school one week a month. She traveled the world and I took her to places that no kids have ever seen and literally will probably never see unless they have, you know, a serious budget to be able to travel all over the place because I was working. And from a very young age, she learned how to behave in restaurants. She, She learned how to go even into a cocktail party. And I'd put her in a little dress and dressed all up. And it was, <laughs> it was funny because she learned, you know, drinking her little Shirley temples, you know, how you act and what you do. When I was in Dubai this past uh, time, I saw more, there was tons of little kids. They were always dressed up at night. You know, their, their mom and their dad would be all dressed to go to dinner to, you know, one of the celebrity restaurants that uh, I was staying at. 
uh, at that hotel at the Atlantis. And, you know, it was amazing because these little kids coming in with their little suit coat on or jackets <laughs> fur coat, and the little girls, I think you, it really is you kids can go anywhere as long as we're not doing what I call free range parenting and let them run all over the place without paying attention to them. Right. Right. So, right. I want to take a minute and talk a little bit, because I know you do a lot helping people, especially travel advisors, to use social media. And the travel market report statistics that that we see and that you've shared, too, show that 49% of travel advisors want social media training, but they're reluctant to use this platform. And I can assure you that all the work I've been doing with travel advisors over this whole you know, past several years is getting them to even think out of the box on things like LinkedIn, you know, they're like, oh, well, no one uses it. Well, remember everybody that's traveling, unless you're ultimately independently wealthy, you have a job of some sort. And so, you know, there's the the basic, the Instagrams, the Facebook, Twitter, things like that. But I think that travel advisors today are overwhelmed and they really don't know how to create that sales and marketing strategy that you and I know so well from being in the hotel industry. And you, I think you had mentioned to me when we were talking earlier that you had uh, sold one trip at $27,000 for a family of three, and you did it with social media. You actually right. did it. And so tell me a little bit about that and some of the best practices. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, there is definitely a strategy behind social media marketing. Um, and, you know, especially now in a virtual world, um, you know, and, Host agencies, I think these days are focused more on selling suppliers than mentoring their new agents, how to brand, market, develop a niche, and find their ideal client. And of course, build their sales funnel, which is the ultimate goal. So um, I, you know, I've just been posting things that are are interest of me and also places that I've been to, um, taking little excerpts from my blog and like putting those out on the different social media platforms. And I'd say I'm a little bit more active on on um, Facebook than I am the other platforms at this point in time, but I do want to expand on that. But one post of a person that follows me um, basically led to him booking a Hawaii trip for him and his family. Uh, He's a family of three. He's got a little four-year-old child. And of course they were kind of hemming and hawing whether they should go, you know, coach class, premium economy. They live in Atlanta. So they were on Delta or should they go business class? Well, you know, I pulled out the seat map and I said, well, this is where you're going to sit and coach. And this is where you're going to sit in business class. So, um, you know, I upsold them by just doing that one little thing to, um, to, you know, show him what, what his experience was going to be like. And that booked him the $27,000 because about, you know, a good portion of that was air. And then, they did stay at the Grand Wailea in, in uh, Maui, which they wanted because right. it's very kid friendly. So it's really, you know, again, knowing it's your about clients, conversion, it's about conversion. You converted yeah. it, right? Yep. You exactly. Know. And I think a lot of salespeople, they're like, you know, moms that now have this as a job or nurses that are retired. They don't know the sales aspect of it. And, you know, I know that you used to call on me and the, uh, training that you did, uh, you know, for sales and marketing and say, how are you using LinkedIn? Because I was so active on LinkedIn. Um, And I just, I love the connection part of it. It really, exactly. 
And I think that the so much fun, you know? Yeah. And it's building the trust and it's building part of it is it's credibility, Debbie. And I think that's so vitally important that you have to, and this is what the world's missing today is, and I stopped using even the word accountability and I've gone to responsibility. It's, it's your responsibility to take charge of your destiny. It's your responsibility to do your job, right? It's your responsibility to choose what you're doing and how you're doing it. And the key to that is how we, how we get, we, we grab a hold of where we're going. And I think knowing and attracting followers to anybody's social media, I know that I've got incredible followers on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn, and some of them are different types. Okay. But I know it's my credibility. It is really the fact that my authenticity is like, for real, you know, I just do things <laughs> and I'm out there and I'm for real. And I think that means you have to, you have to take a leap of faith and put yourself out there in a way that says, I'm actually really authentic. I'm normal. And I think, I think you've done a good job of doing that and it kind of embracing that, um, that mantra, right? Well, I think that, you know, first and foremost, you do have to show off your authentic self via social media. You know, if you're just posting pictures that you get maybe through, um, you know, content that you've shared of other people, you have to have bring that down to what the experience was at that destination. Like, for instance, um, you know, I know you just went to Dubai, you know, like sharing like pictures, but what was behind that picture that you took? And, you know, what was your experience, you know, sharing that kind of information, um, like, you know, I could do that for like many places that I've been to. And that's why I'm starting right now with a blog, because then I can like take bits and snippets of it and put it out on different social media. It's kind of like my home base and then using the different parts of that to show, you know, authentic me of traveling, you know, to Greece, to Hawaii, to, you know, Ireland, which I've been there 30 times. So (laughs) Exactly. And I think this is the other thing about that. So like, let's take Dubai, for instance, on my stories, I posted the whole time I was there. And there's a a picture of uh, Lefty, my husband and I, and a little darling little boy sitting in the big famous Atlantis chair that, you know, the lost city of Atlantis and, you know, and it's where everybody gets their pictures taken. And this couple, they were, you know, I worked for Disney for many years. So I have it in me that when somebody's taking a picture, you, I say, do you want me to take it of all of you? And everybody says yes. Right. And so I ended up taking a, a picture of them. And then when they, and they said, do you want to take a picture can we take a picture of you? And I said, Oh yeah. And we sat down and the little boy ran and got in the middle of the picture. And, you know, they were from Dubai, they were locals, they were doing a staycation, you know, and, and the whole bit. And I think that the story behind that and everybody commented on that. Who's that darling little boy? Cause everybody knows that that wasn't our little boy. Although he kind of looked like us. I have to say it was kind of funny. <laughs> and, um, but they knew it wasn't our little boy and a million, I mean, like, well, not a million, but there was tons and tons of comments about the little boy. And, you know, obviously the little boy 
brought the back scene of what Atlantis the Palm is all about. It is about people connecting. And right now in this kind of, as we're trying to leave this pandemic and leave this world, it shows that people are a community and they love one another. And there are people, you know, from traveling all over the world that were there from, you know, Russia, Russia is a big, a, a, a big kind of source of business coming into Dubai right now, because the Brits aren't going, the Americans aren't going right. yet, you know? And so there was all these, there was Russians there, there was uh local Dubai people staying. There were people from, there was a lot of people from Germany and Spain. And it was so fun because, you know, we, we stand out because we chat with everyone. I mean, every single person I talk to, oh, where are you from? <laughs> and, you know, they'd be speaking obviously their native language and then immediately whip into English. And I think that to me is what you're talking about, the story behind the picture. That's the true meaning of travel. The true meaning of travel is not going and eating in the same typical kind of restaurant that you would eat at home. I mean, the right. story of travel is trying the local food. I know so many people that are so finicky and particular about, you know, go, it's like me going to Hawaii. I eat the spam and the eggs because it's fabulous. And it's their loco, <laughs> loco moco, whatever they call it. Like, I don't want to have eggs Benedict in Hawaii. I want to have what the locals eat. I want the Portuguese sausage. I want to go right. to the luau and eat what they eat. And I tell you, so many people I know say, oh, we dined at, you know, a steakhouse like we always go to. And I'm thinking, okay, if you're there for two weeks, I can see that. But otherwise, try the food. And that's the story behind the picture. That's what's so Yeah, like I, we were in um, Antalya, Turkey one time and I did a Turkish bath and what an incredible experience, you know? And I think it just boils down to experiences, and sharing those experiences. Oh, and let's then take a moment like, on Turkish baths. I've had them too. What's that? I said, let's take a moment on Turkish baths. I've had them too. I think I had my best Turkish bath in Morocco. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, were you an authentic, like, stark naked? They, like, lather you all up? Was it one of those? Yes, it was, that was just, me. it was amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, and then they kind of, like, the way they give those massages, and it's that hot oil, and then they kind of, you know, I mean, I loved it. I came out of there and then they dunk you in the cold water, bring you back, lay you on the marble slab. It was kind of like those ice cream places. You know, they lay <laughs> out. I mean, just like, wow. You know, it was all the it was. I mean, and I've been to spas like I try to book a spa appointment wherever we travel to. And that was just like an incredible experience. And, you oh, know, yeah. going I, to Petra and, you oh, know, yeah. I mean, Cambodia, I can just go on and on and on with the experiences I have. But you know, you have to generate these pictures that are you and then also what you got from that experience yeah, because so that Petra, people can connect with you. Yeah. Petra, and, did you go and swim in the Dead Sea? Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. I've that. got a picture. I'll have to send it to you where it shows that I'm like, I don't forget how many meters below sea level. Um yeah, I did. That's why it's dead. And I, you know what That's I love about the Dead Sea? My best part. So I was out there with all, there was a ton of guys from Iraq and I ran. And this was, this was a few years ago when there was a lot of kind of turmoil. Well, there's a lot of turmoil going on, but it never phases me. And I got out there and I'm doing my, you know, my swimming acrobats and synchronized swimming like I used to do when I was a kid. The only difference is in the Dead Sea, you just float. So you can't sink. So my leg is going up. I mean, I'm probably, you know, the only person I was still 
respectful of, you know, I had a one piece bathing suit on doing it the right way. But I remember all these guys from Iraq came up and it was hilarious. They surrounded, can we get you on Facebook on and on? And I was having them take pictures and it was so fun. And, and I know a lot of people I tell that story to, and they're like, I would never have done that. I would never have done that. I said, well, guess what? You're never going to get the chance probably. So anyway, good luck to you. I did synchronized swimming in the Dead Sea. And that was that whole, you know, Petra riding the donkey like I'm in Indiana Jones. You know, I felt exactly. like I was in the movie. Right. And exactly. I was covered with a full my head. And I that's the thing, Debbie. I understood why over in the Middle East, the women, I mean, obviously there's religious reasons, but you know, when they're covered and they're wearing their, their, you know, hijab and their heads all covered, I think, oh my gosh, it must be so hot. Well, it keeps the sun out. Like it kept us cool. Cause I was all right as well on my head. And it's those moments, those moments that make a significant difference in one's life because it helps you look at the world through a kaleidoscope. Exactly. exactly. I love that. I love that. Looking at the world through a kaleidoscope. Yes. Yes. Through a kaleidoscope for sure. And I think, you know, the last thing I want to ask you too, before we end is tell us a little bit about your Napa secrets. I really want to hear about that. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, growing up in Northern California, um, you know, gravitated towards Napa, of course, when we were able to, to sip wine. Um, and then I moved to Atlanta with Delta, I was transferred. And then my husband's from New York. So after we got married, I moved to New York. But when we were looking for a place to get married, we had people from all over. So and this was like kind of predestination weddings. And we picked Napa. Because during the Christmas time, I, I we'd go out and visit my family. And then we always end up in Napa. But I mean, Napa is such a special place, obviously, because we got married there, but I've got friends that are in the wine business, my sister, uh, well, my brother and his daughter and families live in, um, in Sonoma County. So it's just, it's one of my go-to places, but there's so much to do every time I go, it's something different. Yeah. And it's changing. Culinary experience there with the Culinary Institute the, um, you know, hot air ballooning, which I have not done yet, the, the bass in Calistoga, you know, and so many different like artisan, artisan um, wineries opening up there, right. you know, that you just, and again, what I do, I would, if I was curating something for somebody to go, I would definitely, you know, call the Napa, Napa tourist board. Of course, I tap into my local friends, you know, where's the hot spots now? But I'd also look at the the Napa tourist board too. And I make use of those, you know, Cindy, I think, you know, one thing that's really important with being a travel advisor is connecting with the suppliers and me being a supplier for so many years. And now on the flip side, I really, really value that relationship with suppliers because when push comes to shove, they're there for you. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, the world is very small. And I, I honestly believe that the reason a travel agent, not an advisor, will have a shorter lifespan is if they just are reactive. If all they do is have a, a consumer that's done all their, their work online. I mean, we can find anything today online. Right. So we can go and look at, let's say Petra, for instance, and how exactly do we get there? And we, you know, fly in and, and we're in Jordan and how do we do that? And, you know, who, what hotel do we stay at? We can look at all that online. A travel advisor ask those questions. They uncover, you know, what your real 
wants and needs are and what's going to make you have a trip of a lifetime. Because, you know, I am so fortunate and I never take it for granted. I never, I think people have heard me say this forever. I never have room service. I go out every night to a different restaurant. I, even when I'm alone and I'm alone a lot on some of my trips and I listen and I engage with people and I say hello and I watch their kids. And I did this all last week and I met some incredible people from all over the world. I mean, I got in the elevator with a, a family of four that are from Switzerland and, and I go to Switzerland, like not even in three weeks and everything that I talked to them about, I'm going to be exactly where they are in Lausanne. And they were like so excited. And I always have my business cards because I I don't know who they are. They've now right. taken a trip to Dubai. They have business. And I handed him my card. He followed up with me immediately. I was in Nobu in the restaurant. And, you know, I, I'm talking to all the servers that are in their 20s that are all from the States, that that Nobu moves their people all around from Nobu hotels to the, the restaurants. And I mean, my whole table was surrounded. One young kid from Iowa who left, you know, Iowa where I have a farm and I went to college and he said, oh my, never see anyone from Iowa here in Dubai at Nobu. And so, and I'd just been at Nobu the month before in New York. And so I take my cards and there's young kids that, that want to travel the world in hospitality and I get them jobs and I'm not even a headhunter, but I get them jobs because I get them excited. <laughs> and I say, well, here's my card when you decide if you're coming back to the States or where you want to go somewhere in Europe or, you know, the UK, let me know. So I so appreciate the time, Debbie. I think that, you know, you're a person that continued to change from a very young age. You wanted to be in travel. You did that. I love that your mom inspired you. My parents inspired me. So I know how great that is. I love that you took the whole journey from airlines to hotels, to going into being a travel advisor. And I think, now you're even transitioning with your, you know, blog and, and the training that, that, and you're helping these travel advisors be more entrepreneurial. I think that's going to be fabulous. So thank you so much for joining me on thank this. Thank you, uh, Cindy, uh, so much. Well, thank you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this with Debbie Kurtz. I can't wait for you to hear my next guest. It's Bjorn Bond. He is a longtime client, entertainment industry guru, lover of travel, guru, as I say, guru, and his background career highlights in the entertainment industry, but he's funny as heck. I mean, like, honestly, you are going to love hearing his stories, what he's doing now. He is absolutely transitioning his life uh, to be so different. You know, after 18 years, he picked up, he moved to Brazil, and wow, he is making a difference every day. So join me for that podcast. And with that, thank you so much, Debbie, and I'll be talking with you all soon.